Hello, everybody. Welcome yeah. to another episode of DFV, otherwise Double Feature Versus. I am Anthony. I am Brad. Yes, that's Brad. How you, how you, think, how you feel about that, man? DFV? Uh, I kind of like it. It's nice. I do. Yeah, I thought about it when, I, when, uh, when we were about to do this, and I was like, DFV, that sounds cool. It's a little too close to AFV, America's AFHV, America's Funniest Home Video. But I, I mean, we can use that to our advantage for people that can't spell. Of course, of course. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> Today, folks, you know, we uh, one of DFV's favorite actors, we always like to return to this guy. We got a special one today. Today we are talking about Nick freaking Cage. Uh, and uh, today we got uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent versus prisoners of the ghost land. I'm excited for this one, man. Yeah, this this was a very good episode. I when it came it's not to even over yet. Hmm. He says this is a very good episode. This was a very well, good episode. It's not over it, yet. It, this is a very good set of movies for this episode. For sure. For sure. Because we have Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which was Nick Cage's movie of 2021. Mm-hmm. And th- that movie we'll get into. And then we have the movie that we have personally been waiting for since it was announced. Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is basically a love letter to all Nick Cage, or Nick Cage fans. Everything that is caginess, this is a love letter to. Yes, absolutely. If 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 Brad and I had the free time enough or the verve to like write a love letter to Nick Cage, we would have wrote a screenplay uh, similar to this. Yeah, this this is our love letter to Nick Cage. Just somebody else wrote it for us. This review of a love letter to Nick Cage is our love letter to Nick Cage. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 what it is um all right man before we jump into it uh you seen any movies lately uh aside from these ones i have started the new season of better call saul good good stuff oh absolutely it, it's holding up i gotta get into it man i know i know that in atlanta i've heard nothing but good things uh yeah i heard it goes down like i heard it, it it's straight up uh well, in Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul versus Fashion, it, it hits the ground running. Oh, 100%. Uh, especially with the cliffhanger that they ended on last season, this season mm-hmm. just picks up where it left off in beautiful fashion. Uh, I'm wholly excited to see where it goes, because the new episode is either tonight or tomorrow. I can't remember if it's Sunday night or Monday night that new episodes are. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. I saw Robert Eggers, The Northman, uh, yesterday. Yeah, how was that? Because I I have a uh, showing on Wednesday to catch that one. Man, uh, I'm just going to put it to you straight, dude. Straight up man food. Really? Uh, just a straight up... If you know Robert Eggers, there's going to be gore. There's going to be violence. There's going to be a little bit of weird stuff going on. It's going to be a little... It's going to be dark. But this is just a straight up awesome Nordic revenge tale, man. Um, when we left the movie, my wife was like, I didn't really like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I can tell it's, it's, it's a man movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just straight up beat your chest. You know, were, uh, were you walking out, flexing your muscles and just being like, Oh, flexing my muscles. Like, let me open that car door for you. <laughs> ah. You got I'm, a jar of pickles. I can open. I'm ready to open jar of pickles. 
Man, straight up man movie, dude. Uh, I liked it. Robert Eggers, you know, I, I see a lot of great coming from this guy, cinema-wise. Uh, very well directed. Um, so, the thing about Robert Eggers is that his stuff isn't as easily accessible. Like, if, if you know what you're getting into with The Lighthouse, two men going mad while tending to a lighthouse, if that's not what you're into, you, you won't like The Lighthouse. If you don't like New England folk tales or witch tales, you won't like The Witch. I feel like The Northman is probably his most easily accessible movie. Okay. Because even if you don't like Robert Eggers' style, everyone likes the tale of revenge. Everyone likes the tale of vengeance. And, yeah, everybody you know, understands a revenge story. Right. And I think like he this, this brings him to mainstream audiences very well. Uh, yeah, man, I, I give it a... I'm, I, right now, I'm at a strong 4.5. It still has this Robert Eggers weirdness to it, um, for better or worse. But I, I, it's a very strong, good, violent Nordic tale. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing it, but uh, this last weekend I was in Canada, so mm. okay, I haven't had a chance yet. But I, I'm oh, I'm going to see it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd say check it out, man. It's uh, like I said, great man food. Um, all right, heading into it. Uh, you know, usually we don't do this, but I feel like this is this is good from like where we go to where we end. Uh, let's hit them off with some uh, chronological order. Okay, so that kicks us off with Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Do you want me to take this one? I'll let you take this one. Okay, so Prisoners of the Ghost Land uh, follows the story of a convict uh, played by Nicolas Cage that is given the task of returning the daughter of the governor back to him who ran away. So mm-hmm. in order to do this, he puts this suit on Nick Cage. Uh, I don't think he has a name in this movie, does he? Um, I don't know. He, uh, his name was Hero. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been his name in the script, but his okay. name is Hero. So... It, I'm just going to say Nick Cage. Um, right. So Nick Cage is given this bodysuit that is uh, has bombs at his neck, at his elbows, and at his testicles. And right. So if he were to hurt his daughter in any way, the governor made it so the suit would explode in order to uh, harm Nick Cage. So... Nick Cage is tasked to go find the daughter, and he leaves this town, uh, ends up in this weird town that has this weird cult going on about it, about the end of time. It gets weird, folks. It it gets really weird. Uh, You're going to have to stick with us on this one, because if you haven't seen this movie, none of what we're saying is going to make sense. And then you're going to watch the movie, and none of it's still going to make sense. So (laughs) It's like when we talked about Southland Tales. Uh, yes. As wacky as the film is, is what, what we described, you, you just got to see it to believe it. Yeah. So in this town, a bunch of weirdness happens. Uh, he finds the daughter and then has to somehow escape this city, which has like a guardian force around it. And once he's able to somehow convince them to leave... He managed to get back to the the governor who betrays him, blah, blah, blah. Big battle ensues and happily ever after. Uh, that That is the short synopsis of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, man, I would say this film is definitely a step up above jujitsu 
Oh, we, we, wholeheartedly. We we had the cage that we like. We had the, we had a little bit of a crazy cage that we like, but this movie, I don't know how I feel about it. It's like some parts of it are very strong. Like even the B movie parts of it are very strong, but some of it, I'm just like, what the hell is the point of this? Like I, I this movie is a mess. It, I feel like this is a mess. It's a mess, but in a way, it's a very happy mess. Uh, it, this movie it is supposed to be very serious, uh, but it comes off it as is? absolutely hilarious. Look, man, I'll say this. When the flashback happened to what really happened at the bank, uh, the bank robbery, I said, oh, okay, his friend did it. All right. He killed everybody. But then it kind of kept going on. And I'm like, all right, where where is this going? And then it kind of ends with, oh, oh, this is how the governor came across his adopted granddaughter. I'm like, I didn't need 15 minutes to show me all of that. <laughs> that could have been sped up a little more. Yeah, there you know there is I mean? a lot of pointless scenes and dialogue in this movie. Uh, but at the same time, I some of it I've never laughed so hard at something so stupid and insane. When it first started... It was like I was I was staying with it and I was watching it. I'm like, okay, this is getting weird, but I want to know where this is going. I was like, when is this gonna kick into high gear? And then the point came where he he first saves the granddaughter. <laughs> He's pouring water in her throat. Oh and yeah. I don't know what went wrong. Maybe he got aroused or something. But all of a sudden, his his right testicle just blows off. And you know, then we go, we see Cage. Ah! I'm like, okay. Now we're here now. The movie's going now. And then he like seizes up <laughs> after right. having his testicle blown off. He seizes up and then he falls out. And I guess he guess he got unconscious. And then the movie goes back to being a little slow and just just weird, just for weird sake. Like there were times where I wanted this movie to kind of get me going, but it never really like started up. I I actually agree with you on that. Uh, the movie is just a bunch of scenes that have no connection to each other it seems yeah like when i read early reviews on this about what it was about they told me uh nick cage and um who's my man because i think he's a director uh nick cassavetti's robbing a bank uh turned into putting on a suit where if he does the wrong thing it blows up on him saving a crazed governor's granddaughter i said where can you go wrong but the reviews were kind of like iffy on it i was like how do you mess that up you know, yeah, the plot alone is very Nick Cage. If you were to like put this on, you know, the synopsis of this movie down, it's like, yeah, this sounds like something that Nick Cage would say yes to immediately. Right. No the question plot, asked. The plot draws you in, but the plot is kind of just made at its basis level. You know, um, I'll say this. I will say this. I give this film. I give this film effort-wise an A for its imagination because mm-hmm. I, I like the way these sets are built out. You know, I like the way these sets are built out. As weird as the Ghostland is, I like the way it's like it's planned out from a visual aspect. It's just the ex- execution that kind of makes me, you know, right. There's a head. lot of cool concepts in here. A lot of things that are like, oh, that's interesting, but none of it is explained. Like mm-hmm. the people that are holding down the time on the clock because they don't want the end of time to come. Right. It, it's an interesting concept, but it it's not really explained. 
it's not explained. It's not executed. It, yeah. It's not explained. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept though, and it has you intrigued because you see like a bunch of people holding onto a rope on this clock, and it's just like we can't let it hit the end of time, you know. And it's just like okay, but what what does that mean? Yeah, I um, and and when he reunites with Psycho, and Psycho is you know a, a zombie now, and then he he spreads out his arms, nuclear never- zombie. Right, a nuclear zombie, and he spreads out his arms, and this big nuclear blast happens. I'm like, what? What is going on? Yeah, it again, it it makes no sense. Uh, also, it makes no sense why he forgave him like almost instantly. Yeah, you know, because Nick Cage basically goes up to him, and goes, "We don't kill kids," and he's like, "I'm sorry, man. This all misunderstanding. Let me just throw this nuke behind me real quick, and we all good now." It. Yeah, like I didn't mean it, man. My bad. Yeah. yeah, you know, run off into the sunset. Like, come on, man. But at the same time, it, you have it, Nick Cage is turned on the full time of this movie, and I, I love it. You know what? I, it was it was off and on to me, Brad. I even really? think Nick Cage was kind of like just like. All right, let me do this movie and see where this goes. Like some some scenes, I'm not gonna say phoning it in. Cage never phones it in. No, but um, I would say he was being like 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 low level Cagey to high level Cagey back to low level. There's uh, degrees of Caginess. Yes, yeah, I, I will give you that. But the at the very least, Cage is giving it the Nick Cage experience here you know he's not phoning it in he's not kind of pulling a uh i don't want to say bruce willis anymore but that's like the one that everybody always <laughs> uses the, the example for phoning it in no nah, no nah. <laughs> no no he's not bruce willis in it i don't know man it was just touch and go for me uh some scenes i felt like nick cage was doing his best mean face you know um show me your war face uh, and in some scenes, I'm like, okay, he, he's back now. He, he's being caged. But then it just went back to, um, I listen, one scene I love, and I love how he just gives it so straight, like, I'm here to help these people because I'm radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he comes to that realization, it's just so out of left field. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you feel the final fight scenes? What do you, what do you, uh, the final fight, I actually was, it, I was loving it. I, I'm, I'm not even going to like sugarcoat it or try and like, I, I love the final fight. I, I thought it was a gory kind of weird mess of good choreography and interesting concepts. Like when he like unsheathes the blade in that one uh, piece in his hand, I, I literally was like, oh, I like that. That that's cool. You know, because mm-hmm. you see his hand is like all mangled up because it got uh, blown off earlier for mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what happened, but it got blown off. Yeah. And so he had this like metal sheath on it. And for a while he was using it like to bludgeon people, like just smack people, like bounce back swords and stuff. And then all of a sudden he has a uh, blade come out of it. And you're just like, OK, that's that's cool. Mm. Yeah, I thought the final fight was cool for what it was. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say it was like the best fight scene in history or anything like that, but it was entertaining. No, no, no. 
Especially yeah. given the dialogue dump we got like just prior to it where you're practically falling asleep. Yeah, the scenes with the governor and uh, I know Bill Mosley is a is a B movie favorite. I don't know, man. I, those scenes made me sleepy. I'm like, okay, this guy, the governor, is not even like a huge, like compelling villain to me. Right. You know, he's he's got the southern drawl and the Texas hat, the Texas cowboy hat, which is cool, but it's like, let's get to the point. Hey, this film needs more cage. Yes. But the scenes that are full cage are absolutely wonderful. Uh, the scene of him like getting in the car, driving in a quick circle, and then getting out and just, just grabbing a bike and <laughs> running off with it is absolutely fantastic, and I love it. It's uh, typical Cage, man. Well, like, it's even made better by the dialogue after that, where you have somebody go, he's such a badass. <laughs> right. Um, and then my man, my man comes in, uh, drives the car to him, and uh, I think Cage says, oh, well, I guess uh, there's no time. Yeah, and time is of the essence. <laughs> Right, then he just gets in the car and then just drives. <laughs> this movie is so ridiculous. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. This movie was really touch and go to me. I gotta say, if, if it came down to it, I give it a two point seven. Uh, this this one's like a two point five for me. I love the campiness mm-hmm. of it, but the giant dialogue draws. You know, there, there's a lot I love about this movie, which is why it gets that two point five. Yeah. But man, is this a hard movie to watch? And I have no intention of watching it again. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna foul this in a way for the. Uh, okay, I've watched this film at least once in my life. I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, I gave it the point seven for its imagination. I think I think it is a creative B movie film, but it still kind of operates like a C movie. It, very much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the meat and potatoes. You ready? Oh, I have been ready for this one since I saw this like two weeks ago. Then I just I just got back from seeing this like not an hour before we started, man. Oh, beautiful. Um, and I, I saw this like I watched Prisoners of, of the Ghostland to kind of pass time. And then I drove straight to the theaters to see this. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. All right, folks. So in this one, we got a film by uh, Tom Gormican, which uh, is this his debut? I wonder if this is debut. Um, uh, he wasn't know. a known director right. before this. I know that because when Cage got the script, uh, he thought it was a joke. He didn't think that it was an actual thing somebody wanted to do. That, le- that leads to a joke in the movie, too. Yes. Um So basically, this film is about Nicolas Cage playing a fictionalized version of himself. You know, he's uh, he's in debt. He owes um, he's divorced, you know, has a daughter that he doesn't really connect with. And he's trying really hard to get that next big uh, movie role. He's always treated acting like a job to pay off, pay off debts and stuff like that. But um, he has who I feel is like one of the best characters in the movie. He has his alter ego. um, Nikki, is it Nikki? Uh, Nikki Cage. Nikki Cage, who was a younger version of him, think around Wild at Heart era. Um, and he always tells him, like, you're, you're not a movie star. Like, you're, what do he say? You're not an actor. You're a movie star. You you're know, Nick uh, freaking Cage. Cage. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and, you know, Nicholas Cage is like, you know, like, I, it's a job to me. You know, it's, it's just a job. And he's like, no, you need to be a movie star. 
So he's dealing with all of this. No one's really calling him back. He, he, this this movie, I, and I love how the scene is shown right before the title comes up. He he meets with a director. He, he's talking to him about a role. And Nicholas is trying not to be so, so uh, uh, how you call it? He's not trying to be desperate, but he's like, hey, you know, um, hey, you know, this, this role really, really could do a lot for me. You, I, maybe I could read it. And the director yeah, th- is like. This script, re- you know, it, it's calling me. I, I need to be a part of this. Yeah, the director is like, dude, I wouldn't ask you to read anything. You're Nicolas Cage. He says, no, of course I wouldn't read. But I, I can read it for you. Yeah. So the guy wants about to leave. He he, he shuts the guy, guy's car door open. He says, I'm good. I'm just going to read it for you real quick. And he he delivers the line in a perfect Nicolas Cage way. And you just see the director go, wow. And then the title just comes up. I love that scene, man. Because I don't know what the role was. But whatever it was, Nicolas Cage, like always, gave his all. Right. Yeah, in the perfect, most unironic way, Nicolas Cage gave the best Nicolas Cage performance as Nicolas Cage. In that one in that one scene. Um, but anyway, this film is basically about him. He's kind of at the end of his rope. His agent, played by Neil Patrick Harris, says, hey, look, there's a guy um, overseas. And uh, where are they at? Uh, I, I don't know if they say exactly where they are. Yeah, they don't say where he is. Anyway, he he offers Cage, um, you know, one million to come hang out with him. Uh, he he's he, his name is Javi, and he's like, uh, they tell him they they tell Cage, oh, he's a billionaire playboy. He he has his own island. He wants you to come over there for one million dollars, and he wants to uh, you know, just hang out with you. So yeah, he wants you of- to attend his birthday party. He just wants to have like a celebrity he loves attend his birthday party. There you go. So Nicholas at the end of his rope, you know, his his ex-wife telling him to get his stuff together. He his daughter is just as detached from him as ever. He says, dude, I'll just take the role. I mean, I mean, I'll just take the birthday party gig. So he arrives there. Uh, little does he know, um, Ike Birkenholtz, uh no, I'm sorry, Ike, Ike Berenholtz and Tiffany Haddish, who are two uh CIA agents, um, they take Cage and say, hey, the guy you're staying with, he's a very dangerous man. And he um he's kidnapped the daughter of a uh president of um I forgot what nation. Yeah. But um basically uh, he has a little girl hostage. He has a little girl hostage, and we uh we need you to help him. We need you to help us take him down. Uh, so this is so Cage is kind of met with a dilemma because, you know, he's become friends with this guy. Him him and this guy have kind of like uh, connected in a way. And uh, he he doesn't know. Uh, he he kind of chooses the role of being spy to take him down. That's that's basically the main synopsis of this film. Yeah, Dude, it, I got to tell you. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it Basically, this is uh, the plot line of the interview the Seth Rogen Day Franco that movie. That movie did cross my mind. It <laughs> crossed my mind when I was watching this. I said, this is a way more funnier interview. Yeah, this is basically the same plot synopsis as the interview, but with just a lot more love and care put into it. Yeah, like, um, so listen, man, when I first started seeing trailers for this film, I, I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because, you know, we love Cage. But I was like, man... The trailer didn't make me laugh that much, but maybe I'll change my mind when I see it. Um, dude, I couldn't have been like like I couldn't have been further wrong, man. I this movie, this is a fun, hilarious movie. Mm. I love this movie, dude. 
Oh, I, I absolutely this agree. This is, I was laughing throughout this movie. You know, not every joke hits, but when a joke hits, it hits hard on this one. Man, let me tell you something, man. You, you, it, when you catch all the cagey references, it makes it 10 times funnier. It's like, I love Nicolas Cage just, just embracing his own memeness. Like mm. this film is the, this, this is the self, this is the self-referential cage film dfv needed yes i mean we this movie is amazing um you're right not every joke hits but i feel like the film within itself is so funny that you kind of forgive the bad jokes right the the bad jokes do not hurt this movie because they pass by and there's a better joke right around the corner Mm. yeah man i love um (laughs) i love how people just name obscure films that he's in like uh, like Tiffany Haddish, she goes, Wait, Nicolas Cage is here. Like, no, no, no. Ike Barinholtz goes, Nicolas Cage is here. And then Tiffany Haddish goes, for Moonlight? Or no, what was the R- movie? Croods uh, 2. No, she said that after, but it was the movie that he was in with Cher that, that she referenced first. Like, from Moonstruck? He's oh, like, yeah. yeah. He's like, yes. Wait, no, what? <laughs> yeah, him. And then she goes up and says, I love you. You were in Croods too." And, uh, you know, Cage is like, yeah, you know, I, I did that film with uh, Emma Stone, you know, <laughs> like it was just like they just named the most obscure Cage films throughout this film. Like it starts yeah. off with a scene from Con Air. Well, and that's true. It, and it's the end of Con Air, if I recall correctly. Right. Yeah. But I love like in that same scene where she's like, have you seen the Croods 2 and everything like that? No, I haven't seen the Croods 2. I'm a 40 year old. <laughs> grown man with no kids you know i know him as con air (laughs) you know right from leaving uh, las vegas he like names one of the like classic nick cage movies right and i i remember i like (laughs) i like the rapport between him and tiffany i like when tiff i like when they're in the car and they're telling nick about what's going on and uh, he goes um she goes don't she's like she's like uh um don't mind him he just found out that his father has been having sex with his wife it's not like it's not all it's, it's not like that. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but not like that. Like, I like his responses to her uh, to her lines. Um, yeah, man, this movie is great. Dude. And you know who you know who threw me off? That was actually pretty funny too. Pedro Pascal, dude. He made really? me laugh. See, I, laugh. I thought he was great in this, but uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I, he, he, he was great. He made me laugh. Oh, so it, it caught you off guard. You weren't expecting him to be one of the funnier parts of the movie. I wasn't expecting to be one of the funnier parts of the movie. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, like, I, that shocked me. Like um, the scene, the scene where they're together, and uh, no, 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 no. Before that, I like his facial expressions. Like when he first walks up to Cage by the pool, and you, you can see him trying to act cool. Like, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> he lays right next to him, and uh, you know, uh, he goes, uh, "Hey, what?" And then Cage says, "I didn't say anything." So, oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. <laughs> I, I love how he's such he's such a fanboy around Cage. He's and basically he's meeting his hero, and he's as awkward right. as possible in those first like couple scenes with him, mm-hmm. and, and it's great. It, it's absolutely fantastic because he plays like basically how we would be if we were like sitting poolside with Nick Cage, and we'd just be like, I I just I I want to talk to him, but I don't know how to start the conversation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I love how. Uh... 
I love how when he when he first when they first wake him up in the morning and you know Cage has jet lag, so he doesn't feel like doing anything. They're on the cliff and he's like, he's like, man, you know, like I just want you to just like like be your cage self and just help me like with these like um with, with, with different scenarios. So he's like, uh, there's some people following us and they need they uh they uh they're they're gonna follow us off this cliff. So he basically tells Cage, like, listen, man, like you know, this is why I brought you here to kind of like help you to kind of like act out with you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're such a great actor. So Cage kind of takes a minute and he turns around and goes, do you love this woman? He says, yes, I do. He says, then let's go. And they just, yeah. <laughs> they just run off the roof. And I like how Cage says, I didn't know that roof was going to be that high. Or no, I the cliff. The, I didn't know the cliff was going to be that high. <laughs> the LSD scene was funny, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I like how he says, like, I think those people are watching us. He's like, he's like, he's like, I, he says, are you sure they're looking at us? Just don't look at them. Try to laugh. And I like how he goes, ha, 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 laughing over the top. Oh, yeah. They do the most awkward, like, if you heard it in public, you'd start staring at whoever was laughing, kind of laugh. Right. <laughs> and then it's, oh, my God, they are staring at us. And then they proceed to try and run away, go in a full circle and run into them again. And they're like, oh, my God, they're still here. Yeah, man. Like, I feel like this was a great for the for the bulk of this film. It's a great bromance movie. Oh, yeah. Between those two. Because um, they're both pretty much idiots. They, <laughs> like, they're, like, they're, they're both in over their head. Oh, absolutely. And it's a great, like, mocking of the movie while it's doing like it has meta humor with mm-hmm. how they're in the movie. They're writing a movie. And they're describing things that they're actually doing as like, oh, man, we should have this scene in the movie where the two people take drugs and they, you know, think that something's going on that it really isn't. And then they try and run away. And in process, they, you know, end up damaging a bunch of stuff. The screenplay they're coming up with is the movie, like you yeah. said. And, and he goes, uh, the CIA goes, look, you need to convince them that, you know, we need to find out what a little girl is. And then he goes, uh, yeah, and there's a kidnapping, too. And uh, he says, like, you're taking this away from what the movie is. Like, or no, before adult. that, Nick Cage even tells them, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Like, make it so the movie has a kidnapping. So you got to act out where that could happen. He was like, that that doesn't fit in this movie. That would be a completely tonal shift to what we're making here. Like, he has the integrity that this is a real movie he's making with uh, Javi that he right. doesn't want to ruin it. But he does. And Javi literally says the exact same to him. Like, but that that's a complete tonal shift from what we're doing here. That wouldn't fit into the story that we're making whatsoever. Right. And um, I love how, when it comes down to the twist that, you know, of course, Javi doesn't have the kids, mm-hmm. um, the kid, his cousin does. And I like how he takes uh, Nick Cage out, you know, to kill him, so to speak. And they both point the guns at each other. Nick takes his, uh, his face off characters. Okay, yeah. So we have to go back to explain this one. Um, Javi has an entire collection of Nick Cage memorabilia from basically every Nick Cage movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has like the chainsaw from Mandy. He has the guns from Face Off. He has one of those like face pillows that when you like put your hand over and like it changes the like beads on it to like make a face of Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. Uh, A bunch of other stuff. There's a list of all the stuff that's in that room. And... I, I can't remember all of it right now. I think there's like a torch from National Treasure in there. Uh, I think so. There was the bear 
from or the burnt bear is in there. It basically he has from Wicker a, Man. Uh, Wicker I don't Man? think there was anything from Wicker Man. I'm saying it wasn't the burnt bear from Wicker Man. Oh, it was some no, Con Air. My it, bad. Con Air, the teddy bear. You're right, um, you're right. Yeah, I was blanking on what movie it was from. I almost said Leaving Las Vegas, but then my brain went, no, that's not that movie. But I'm, I'm trying to think. I think there was a prop in there from Leaving Las Vegas, but I'm completely blanking on what it was. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, but, I like how when they got there. Go ahead. But yeah, a part of this is the Golden Guns from uh, Face Off, which Nick Cage later takes in order to use against Javi. <laughs> I like how when they got the guns pointed at each other, like Avi goes like, man, I love you. And Cage's like, I love you too. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this either. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I really like this movie, man. I, um, <laughs> I like, I like how in the end, and uh, I think, I, I think the whole crowd was kind of laughing just because the way he did it. When there's like the final showdown with him and Javi's cousin, and he's got his arm around his neck. Mm-hmm. His his daughter throws the knife into just the way Kate stabs him. Like, yo, <laughs> like the whole crowd kind of busted out laughing because it's like this movie is so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Ridiculous and, in the best ways. Yeah, in the best way. Um, and oh, even before that. Uh, when my man came out with the, the prosthetic makeup. Yes, because in this movie, his wife is a makeup artist. Ex-wife. Ex-wife is a makeup yeah. artist. So she does the makeup to make him look like what uh, this ex-fugitive kind of uh, mob stir looks like that nobody's seen in like 40 years or something. Right. And uh, it, the makeup is well done, but horrible at the same time. It's it. It's, it's, it's a Nicolas Cage performance, man. Like, yeah. That's exactly what it is. But like it's it's well it's well done prosthetics and everything, but it still looks like Nick Cage just with a bunch of prosthetics on his face. Right. I like how uh <laughs> I like when he helps his family escape and the guy has the gun to his head. He repeats the same monologue he said in the beginning to that director. Oh yeah, from the script that he didn't get the part of. <laughs> At the time of death, and I love how he just delivers it so, so greatly, like so Nick Cage, like uh, that, you know, his character that he's playing is a guy that just like if he if he puts himself in an acting actor sense, he can like immediately snap back like the point where he has the um the the chemical agent on him that like, that makes that would knock oh, him yeah. out. And he's about to die. And then Tiffany goes, action. And then he just wakes back up. Oh, yeah. To give himself the but, antidote, so <laughs> right. I loved it, man. I love the um. I love her I love comment the, after that too. Of, yeah, how did you know that was going to work? We're working with a professional here, <laughs> right? Um, I liked how. You uh, see, I I know when people ask Nicolas Cage about this movie, I know he had said like, "Yeah, you know, when I was working on this movie, I explained to Tom. I said, dude, you know, I don't I don't really act like this in real life.'" And Tom says, "Dude, I know, but it just works for the movie." So Nick Case says him being a professional, he's like, all right, whatever you want, Tom, do whatever you want. Uh, and I like how uh, there was another interview. I don't know if it was on Reddit or something, but they they asked Nicholas Cage, what's the hardest role you've ever done? He says, I got to, I think, playing myself. And then somebody commented, 
Nick Cage just said the hardest role he ever played was Nick Cage. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah because man. his full comment was something along the lines of, you know, it's hard playing the actor of Nick Cage while keeping the image of Nick Cage from being Nick Cage. <laughs> Which makes sense if you read it in, in his Cage voice. Right. It's, it's hard playing the actor of Nick Cage while keeping it from being the image of Nick Cage. That makes sense. Right. You say it with, with cage conviction, and it makes sense. It, it's great. I absolutely love it. Uh, oh, and let's give a quick shout out here. You know he paid his bill? You know he paid his debts off? Did he? He's debt free now. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we still get to see some, you know, uh, great bad cage films, but oh, he's debt free now. He he. Now that he's debt free, hopefully it means that uh, he can just keep going all in on movies and not worrying about, <laughs> you know, what the outcome worry, will be. Not worrying about uh, stuff he's got to pay for. Yeah, um, I think I'm. I think I'm wrapped up. You got any more other key moments you want? How'd you like I, Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, I thought Neil Patrick Harris was hilarious in this one. The scene when they're in the uh, salon. Or not the salon, the massage parlor. Right, right. And they're being like whacked with the, uh, I can't remember what kind of leaves those are, but they're like very stiff leaves. So Mm -hmm. they hurt when you get hit with them. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, yeah, it's the feel good of like the pain. It just makes you, oh, yeah. (laughs) Just, and Uh, Nick Cage is just in pure pain and just, oh. (laughs) It helps with your rotation or something like that. Helps with the blood flow. I like how he calls him back and says, hey, man, about that birthday party. Yeah, you know what? That was depressing. I don't even know why I asked you to do that. Yeah, I'm sorry about bringing that up, man. He says, no, I'll do it. This is going to be the best thing ever, man. I'm happy for you. (laughs) This is the best thing that can possibly happen. This is a great opportunity for you. I mean, let's get this ball rolling. (laughs) Yeah, I liked him. I like Sharon. I like Sharon Horgan, too, as his ex-wife. I've seen her in a lot of stuff. She was pretty funny. Uh, his daughter um, was good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, have you seen Paddington too? <laughs> I have, and you know what, man? I agree with Javi. That that really is a great movie. It is. Have a you great seen movie. it? Oh yeah, Paddington Two is great. Like when I saw the first one, I was initially because my wife wanted to watch it. I was like, Paddington? Isn't that that old cartoon? She says, No, it's, it'll be a good movie. And I was like, You know what? That was actually a charming film. So we went to the movies to see Paddington 2, and I was like, man, that almost, that ending when his aunt shows up, man, that almost brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, Paddington is, it doesn't deserve to be as good as it is. And then Paddington 2 had huge shoes to fill because Paddington was so good, but it still knocked it out of the park somehow. And I love that they brought that up in this movie. Uh, yeah. Even at the end when, you know, he's back with his family and he's trying to actually connect with them. It's like, well, what movie do you want to watch? Have you ever heard of this movie Paddington 2? And just you see the smile on Cage right. when she says that. Because uh, that was Javi's favorite movie after like pressing him for like so long or his third favorite movie. Because the first one was Face Off. The second one was... Uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari yeah, that, that, that Cage loves. Right. The same movie that Cage loves. And then he was pressing him on, like, what's the third favorite movie? And it's like, Paddington 2. Paddington 2? Really? Have you never seen it? And then the next scene is them watching and just crying <laughs> for the ending. 
I mean, it really is that good of a movie. It like, is. It, shouldn't, it should not be that good. No, but not at all. It doesn't deserve is- it. I love that they threw that joke in this movie because I hope it yeah. means more people will be like, well, is Paddington 2 actually that good? <laughs> it is. Um, and you don't even have to watch the first one to like no, it, to be no, honest. No, it's pretty good standalone. Yeah. Um, I love how in the end, uh, well, well, before I get to the final shot, I like how uh, you know he has the belt on after the premiere in their home and he has the tarantula on it. I was talking to my, uh, my, uh, who's he saying? My, my, my agent uh, my, or my no, tailor. No, my, stop, my tailor. I was talking to my tailor. He says, Oh, let's put some bees on it. I said, not the bees. Yeah, <laughs> dude. There was like a few, ch- there was like people that were rolling in the audience, but you could tell it was people that caught the joke. Mm-hmm. Like people who've seen the wicker man. Some people were kind of like, huh? What's that? Like, like there are a lot, there are a lot of cage references in this movie that are funny. Oh, yeah. like um, I like how he said not the bees, but I like how when the camera pans up and you hear his alter ego say, I'm Nick freaking cage. Mm-hmm. You see the poster of the unbearable weight of massive talent in the background. Oh, um, I didn't catch that. Yeah, you see it like on a billboard. And I'm like, man, that if that's not art imitating life, because you can probably picture in L.A. right now, the poster of this movie is on some billboard like it was at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like this is a, I, I gotta say, man, this is another great notch in the cage renaissance or the cage renaissance, so to speak. I give this, uh, I say this is a strong four point five. Uh, I, I happily agree, four point five on this one. Uh, I don't know what it would take for this to get over that five threshold, but I just don't. It's not a perfect five out of five, but it is a strong four point five. It's great for what it is. It, it's still kind of like a comedy. But it's it's a great comedy for what it is, you know. It is a little um, predictable for what you're jokes, getting. It's predictable. Some jokes don't hit as hard as they should, like you said. Um, but it 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 works. The whole thing works. Oh, absolutely. And the chemistry between Cage and Pascal works. You know, the thing about Cage uh, having a redemption story works. Um, Tiffany Haddish and Ike, you know, they're they're uh they're great. You know, kind of like um. Uh, supporting supporting actors in the movie the film works as a whole yeah uh oh one last scene what did you think of the uh bar scene when he's talking to himself or when he's talking to nikki i think <laughs> part, of, part of it made me laugh part of it was kind of like eh, all right this, this is eh. this is weird <laughs> Nikki is a little weird. <laughs> That's a weird voice to have in your head. And uh, <laughs> I like the smooch. The, the makeout scene. <laughs> he says, the Nick Cage smooch. Like, like, I thought that was kind of funny. But um, I, in some scenes, I like Nikki. Some scenes, I thought, Nikki's a little weird. Let's get rid of Nikki. Right. I thought it was okay. I, I think they used him in the right way. He wasn't overdone. He came in a couple scenes and he got the laugh in those scenes. The right. the kiss scene was just weird to me, though. It, it got some chuckles out of me, but at the same time, I was like, ah, that just... Mm. That was a little weird. <laughs> I, I think that's probably like... That's like the upper echelon of Cage weirdness. Cage right. kissing himself. Cage making like, out with himself. That's just a little weird. Because <laughs> um, I like the idea of looking back on your past self and going, man, I used to be the man. And mm. now I'm just doing all these films and the crudes, you know, like yeah. what happened? You know, like I, I like I like the idea of that. Right. Yeah. Because Cage used to be the man. He like, was. 
I, I still kind of think he is. He he has well, some we, downs. Yeah, we we know he's the man, but I right. mean, as far as like a list movie after a list movie. Oh yeah, because there was just a run at one point. There was leaving Las Vegas. There was a uh, Moonstruck. There was Wild at Heart. Uh, you know, you had the movie with him and Meg Ryan. Like he had hit after hit for a while. The Rock with Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about The Rock. Yeah, he's got so many movies you forget about him. You really yeah. do. Uh, yeah. I know that there's been compiled lists of like every movie reference in this movie to Nick Cage's past. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I was going through it, and there were plenty that I was like, I didn't catch that one. I didn't catch that one. You know, it, it is sure. so packed in. I'm sure, like on repeat watches, I'll catch some. I know there was a lot I didn't catch. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, sure. I, I think it goes without saying um, the unbearable weight of massive talent beats out prisoners of the ghost land. Dude, I needed this movie because yes. when, when I got done with ghost land, I said, all right, that was kind of running a mill cage film. Uh, let me see if the massive talent is better. And I, I just walked out with all smiles, man. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like way better. Like I, I did. I didn't regret seeing it. Yeah. Uh, I also love that, like we said, the movie is also in the movie. Like, it it eventually, like, flashes to the filmed version of the story that uh, Mm -hmm. Javi and Nick Cage wrote with each other, which Mm -hmm. is great. It's it's perfect meta humor that's done right. Uh, Meta humor is always, like, hit or miss. This is where it hits really hard. Yeah, you know, Demi Moore as <laughs> Demi Moore as his wife. Uh, you yep. got the, the hot girl's daughter. I was like, this is taken. <laughs> this, this is 100%. taken, man. I think the only way that it could have like been touched up a notch if it's, they had like Oscar Isaac playing Javi in the <laughs> made-up movie. Oscar Isaac. Uh, no, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yes. And, oh, that would have been a great one, too. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man, I uh, I enjoyed this movie, man. I thought it was really good. Uh, I would recommend everybody see it. Um, Prisoners of the Go- of the Ghost Lamp. You're in the Gonzo B movie stuff. You might like it. I don't think you wouldn't like it. Yeah. Um, it's made with the same spirit of Mandy, except Mandy is way better. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you like. I, I don't know if I would compare it to Mandy, but. I, I get what you're saying. They're both B movies. Right. Mandy is just made better. Right. This is Prisoner of the Ghost Land is a a very rough movie, but it has some kind of it has a couple great scenes to it, and it has some you know top of the line Nick Cage acting in it for what the rest of the movie is. Mm. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. This has been uh, another episode of DFV. Uh, Take care.